as research continues and as we're sort of living into very challenging times in the world, we're noticing it's it's not just the workplace that causes burnout. It is any scenario ongoing that where the demands on people's capacity is more than the supports or the ability to manage it. Hello and welcome to Facility Chat, a podcast for facility management professionals to learn innovative new ways to lead the evolution of the workplace. Facility Chat is presented by the BC chapter of IFMA, the International Facility Management Association. I'm your host, Kimberly Wyman, and I'd like to start off today's podcast by acknowledging that we are grateful to live and work on the unceded and ancestral territory of the Hanke Miam and Swamesh-speaking peoples, the Squamish, Tsleil-Waututh, and Musqueam nations, and that this land has been stewarded by them since time immemorial. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how facility professionals can best manage stress to avoid burnout. Everyone has stress in their lives, and some navigate stress better than others. The key is to identify how you, as the wonderful individual that you are, can first identify your stress triggers and implement practices to help you navigate stressful situations in a positive way that will help you maintain a healthy mental state. We can all agree that facility professionals have experienced higher than usual stress levels over the last two and a half years. We were navigating a global pandemic, workplace closures, we're conducting risk assessments, tracking COVID data. We were modifying our building systems and working spaces to ensure employee safety. And we had to figure out how to return to the workplace in a hybrid environment, and also how to figure out how to modify our workplace operations and programming to successfully manage our facilities in this new world we find ourselves in. There's been a lot of uncertainty, fear, and many changes to our status quo. Today's guest will help us unpack some of this and help us learn how to better manage our stress before we hit the burnout wall. Katie Weike is the performance coach at Clio, cloud-based legal technology. Katie, welcome to Facility Chat. Hi, Kimberly. Good to be here with you. Katie, let's start off by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you do. Sure. So I have been at Clio now for just over five years, um, but I started my professional life about 25 years ago, worked for a number of years in different kinds of organizations as an HR professional, and then moving into learning and development, facilitation, consulting, and then now into coaching. And so I am effectively a development partner for the employees of this organization. I get to work as a thinking partner and a strategizer. Um, It's kind of one part sport coach, one part cheerleader, one part (laughs) therapist. (laughs) Um, And yeah, work with people on a number of of things. Um, I'm I'm here to help them get better at what they want to get better at. That's wonderful. And you and I have worked together, and uh, it's been amazing. Uh, I, I love to hear about your journey, and I love to work with you and unpack some of the things that you know we talk about. And 
I know the value that coaching can bring to individuals. So when we let's start talking a little bit about stress. So when we talk about stress, we all know that there's some kind of stresses uh, that can motivate and drive us. Uh, some people thrive in that type of environment, myself included. Uh, but then there's other kinds of stress that can cause negative impacts to ourselves and even to others. So can you let our listeners know what are the differences between the kind of stress that drives us to do good work and reach our goals and the kind of stress that impacts us negatively? Mm-hmm. So I love that you're making that distinction, right? That there is um, stressful events, stressors, and then there's our reactions to those. And we've all felt it, right? There are times when what is happening is actually quite motivating for us. We are feeling energized. We are um, excited to, to make a change or do a thing or perform at something. Uh, and then there's times or um, circumstances where we tip into sort of a distressing state, right? Where it's it feels negative, it feels hard, it feels scary, um, and that those two states are quite fluid in our lives. That there are in the same day we can be in a good stress place and then a bad stress place, um, and that. You know, we, we like the eustress times in our, in our lives, but we, we have both, and we move through them quite dynamically. Um, the way I think about it is that the good kind of stress, if you will, is when we feel we are in charge of or leading or, you know, driving the change that we're experiencing. When it's being done to us, or when the demands on us are too high, that's when we start to feel that negative experience of stress. So that's a really simplistic way of thinking about it, but um, just to say that as humans, we experience both many times a day, um, but maybe thinking about it in that way of, hmm, when I decide, or when I'm in a place where I'm choosing to do, you know, take on hard tasks, um, respond to challenging things. It's a different experience than when I feel it is being done to me and I have little to no control or influence over what's happening to me. That's an interesting way of thinking about it. And I think, you know, keeping it simplistic uh, helps us uh, actually start identifying the types of stress and recognizing the good from the bad. Uh, how do people do that? And understanding that everybody's an individual and everybody exp- experiences it differently. How does a person mm. know when they're in good or bad stress? Mm-hmm. Yes, I, th- I think we know. <laughs> right? when, you know, if you think about yourself, what, what it feels like, um, but, and um, maybe a qualifier there, sometimes because of our physiology, we're triggered and we're reacting before we realize what we're doing or saying. And so those can be problematic in in a workplace scenario. Um, So we really need to reflect, and that's where a coach can come in handy, or a good friend, or a great colleague or boss. When we can reflect in our calmer times, we can start to look at our patterns. And I think, you know, this is one thing you and I touched on previously is, this idea of triggers and then response. And that trigger is only one part of the equation, right? That 
there are different things for different people that, that, that trigger or evoke a, a stressful reaction. Um, and then our response is our patterned way of how we tend to deal with those things. And so the reflection and to understand what your patterns are, are quite critical for knowing how to operate your equipment better. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and learning, I would imagine, and some of the things you and I have talked about is learning tools that you can implement when you feel yourself being you know, a stress trigger, um, just learning how to navigate that so that you, your response is what you want it to be or what you need it to be. Uh, because the last thing you need is stress that gets out of control and, and leads to you hitting that burnout wall. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about burnout. First of mm. all, what is it and how does it manifest? Yeah, burnout is a hot, hot topic, um, which is great because that means we're learning mm-hmm, more and indeed. more about it. And it's more a part of a workplace conversation. A lot more people in you know, their adult life are understanding what it is. The only caveat I have there is that we, as humans tend to do, we sort of glom onto a word and then we use it for everything and it loses its meaning. And so if we're talking about burnout as a condition, um, so recognized by um, the psychology community or, or the psychiatry community, if we're talking about the pure definition of the word, it is a condition caused by chronic stress. Um, and that previously it was thought workplace stress was sort of the only domain. But now as research continues and as we're sort of living into very challenging times in the world, we're noticing it's, it's not just the workplace that causes burnout. It is any scenario ongoing that where the demands on people's capacity is more than the supports or the ability to manage it. So lots of activists um, that, are, that are supporting causes find themselves in burnout. Um, there can be lots of family scenarios. When you think about it, you don't just leave your family. Um, and so you, you, you have to manage what is happening. And so burnout has particular um, flavor to it, if you will. It's, it's different than just fatigue or just anger or just exhaustion. It's sort of a combo. And so um, professionals in that space would say to be, you know, given the, the burnout sort of stamp, you'd have to meet three criteria. The first is that your, yeah, your emotional and, and mental exhaustion is an all-time high. So you just, you go to sleep tired and exhausted, you wake up tired and exhausted. Nothing seems to alleviate that. So that's one. The second one is there's a huge uptick in what they call depersonalization. So you start to detach from people and the work and you stop caring about the quality or the implications, right? You start to separate from others and, and maybe the work that you used to enjoy. So that's sort of an increase in depersonalization. And then the final piece is um, a reduction in what we call sort of personal achievement or, or a feeling of um, accomplishment at work. So even though you might be working harder and giving it a lot, 
you have a much reduced sense of personal achievement or accomplishment. So taken together, those three have become sort of the hallmarks of what we, we're calling burnout. Um, and as we said, it's, it's from ongoing chronic sort of exposure to stressors with no, um, either it, you're over capacity, you, you don't have time to recover from one and then you're hitting another, um, or there's no way out, so to speak, um, or you can't, you don't have strategies to, to mitigate or manage it. Yeah, and, and that's intriguing. And I, I love the way you put it so succinctly. And it's, you know, for any of our listeners, they can use, you know, what you've just shared as criteria to assess if they're in a state of burnout or close to a state of burnout, or are they just experiencing that manageable stress? You know, um, that is a really great way of distinguishing it. Um, it certainly helped me distinguish a few things in the, uh, you know, short time you were just speaking about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, there, and actually, there is a, an inventory, no surprise. Yeah, of course. It's called the Maslach, M-A-S-L-A-C-H, Burnout Inventory. And if you Google that, you can take a free one online if you, if I love you wanted it. to start somewhere. Right? I love it. No, that's fantastic because I think a lot of people don't realize when they're in burnout, you know, and, and a lot of people will scoff at the concept that they may be mm. even close to burnout. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll justify their mental state as being just stressed. I'm just mm. stressed. It's all okay. Mm. Uh, mm. They think they can handle it uh, because they're not recognizing mm. uh, the state that they're in. Yeah. Now, why is this so dangerous to a person's well-being? Mm -hmm. Oof. So, again, what we're learning about what happens to us under chronic um, stress and pressure is the physiological elements, right? So f for just a small piece of this is hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. So when we are in a stressed state or a, or a state where we are, um, you know, having a, a, a reaction or a significant reaction to something that's happening, our body releases cortisol and adrenaline because that's our circuitry, right? So we, uh, our development as, as a species <laughs> was we needed to be able to fight or flee or freeze or do something very quickly. And so our equipment um, being the same today, even though the threats are different, those, those um, hormones and uh, um, secretions sort of being, our body being flooded with them, if you're flooded several times a day, ongoing, bad things happen. It wears down your heart, right? It, it, it messes with your cellular functioning, right? It starts to affect your blood pressure. It starts to affect, and then there's the knock-on effects. It messes with your sleep. It messes with your interpersonal relations, right? Because people will start to avoid you, if, depending on how you tend to express yourself, right? So there's sort of first order effects, knock on effects, right? And so again, everyone's different, right? I'm not here to predict that this is always going to happen to every single person, but, but the science is, is that over chronic stress has huge implications for our physiology and then for our psychology. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, you know, it's funny because 
It's very important to take care of ourselves. Uh, and we've been talking for years about, you know, mind, body, soul, and it's all interconnected. And I'm not sure that people have, you know, really caught on to it. Um, now, I wanted to ask you about something for our listeners in particular, understanding what, you know, facility professionals have been going through the last two and a half years, uh, the things they've been navigating. What would you think their current stress level would be like? Mm. Yeah, based on what you've shared with me, um, given your, you know, this is your community, your professional community that you're part of, and and what I've you've shared with me over the course of the last two years, um, sort of considering yourselves on the front lines, if you will, through the pandemic and through seismic shifts in organizational functioning. So hybrid and you know, globalization, like I know there's a number of factors at play here and that, you know, people in the facilities profession having to manage, you know, workflow and facilities and safety and security, um, that the amount of change and the number of changes and the amount of responsibility for those of you sort of on that front line, um, you know, the, the change in the digital workspace, right? And the amount of like learning and keeping up with and staying on top of rules and regulations and requirements put out um, in the pandemic. I can only imagine what what it's been like Mm -hmm. for your colleagues. It's been uh, challenging for a lot of facility professionals have been asked to provide more and more support in areas in which we necessarily weren't trained in or experts in, I never thought I would be reading epidemiology reports and providing recommendations based on those reports. If you had said, you know, Kimberly, you're going to be doing this, I would have said, no, no, you're, you're off your rocker. But um, that's what I've been doing uh, for the last two years. And even just what I found, tracking some of the COVID data was very depressing. It was not happy numbers I was dealing with. And I love numbers. Anyone who knows me, I love a good spreadsheet, but this was not a happy place. So I know that a lot of people in in the facility management community are feeling the stress of that, the impacts. We're, you know, moving, navigating through it, but still that stress is still there. Um, And, you know, understanding how we can manage our, our stress and our triggers is going to be critical for us coming out on the other side in a, a positive and a healthy mental state. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and, and there's just to, you know, acknowledge that and to say, look, I think we're going to talk a little bit more about what a person can do to help themselves, which is critical, right? <laughs> we all have to look after ourselves. But there's also an organizational responsibility, right? When I think about burnout or even just, you know, people managing their stress, there is a, a responsibility on the organization's side, if you will, to man- help manage workloads, create environments where people can recover, um, resource appropriately. So there's just to acknowledge there's organizational responses and strategies, and then there's the individual's um, responsibility and strategies for themselves and for teams and groups to set up. So there's different levels that we can talk about this at. And I'd imagine it would be beneficial to be talking about this at all levels. So for instance, I manage a team. Uh, I talk about this with my team. Uh, I talk about this with with you and others as 
uh, an individual. And I know the organization I work for also talks about it. So uh, what I'm hoping to do here is to spark that same conversation mm. within our facility management community. Right. So let's talk a little bit more about what role coaching, mentoring, and counseling can play in helping people navigate this, their processes, their stress, and, and help them avoid getting to that stage of burnout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my whole quest in life is to help people be better at self-coaching, because mm. 99% of the time, that's who you've got. <laughs> this is true. Yes. Um, but I also clearly believe strongly in reaching out and getting the kind of help um, that you need. So just to make some some um, distinctions there between some of these helping professions, because I think that's good to know. So therapy, counseling, um, there's a lot of overlap, but but in a really simplistic way, coaching, counseling, ther- or sorry, um, counseling and therapy, um, psychiatry is sort of, the focus is on understanding the past and how that has led to sort of what you're experiencing now in life. So it's sort of a, a path to healing, understanding and healing um, is how we, how we look at that. And then coaching is understanding where you are now and what future you want to shape. And so it's more about how you're dealing with where you are and where you want to go to. Um, and then mentoring is a little bit different in that it's a relationship where you are someone who's been there, done that, someone who can give you advice or share their specific knowledge or know-how on something. And so mentoring is um, a little less about helping you figure out, you know, who you are and what you need. They're more about sort of just sharing their experience for you to sort of take advantage of. So yeah, those are some of the ways I think about the differences between them. Even though, again, there's a lot of overlap and they can sort of look and feel the same. A lot of people after coaching will say to me, sure feels therapeutic. (laughs) Of course it does, right? Yeah. 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 Well, and it does. And you're right about the crossover between the three because, you know, I've had mentors and I still have mentors and uh, some of the things I bring to them, I feel like they're, it's a therapy session sometimes. And uh, I've been a mentor where my mentees have brought similar, uh, you know, queries about how do I navigate this weird situation that I've, you know, that they found themselves in. Uh, So I can see that there's definitely some overlap. Are there any other resources uh, that you think of that people could you know, discover, investigate, and see mm-hmm. if there's something there for them to to help with their their discovery, their path, and their self reflection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if people are really have nothing's coming to mind in terms of who they've got available to them, or you know, if they're feeling in a bad place, I think starting with your doctor, honestly, like mm-hmm. start there, mm-hmm. right, or or reach out to a um, sort of a hotline or a EAP, like just start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And see who you might get a referral to, or who I, what Just ideas have that you might get. Just first conversation, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I think for those that maybe they're not at the burnout place, or they are, you know, they've got some coping skills, obviously, and they and they are um, looking to sort of advance or add to their toolkit. They might look at like a peer coaching group th- through your association, through their company. 
uh, or just bring together a group of individuals that are interested in sort of sharing experiences or swapping tips, sharing resources. I've had people, um, I've had many different informal peer coaching groups in, in my time. Um, and of course at Clio, we, I facilitate those, right, for our, for our employees. And it's a really, really important place because you, you get to spend time talking to people and to say, well, here's what's going on for me and here's what I'm struggling with. And they've got thoughts and ideas and perspective. Because one of the things that happens to us under stress and pressure is we lose perspective. It's like we're rolling, we're operating in a vacuum. And so to break that a bit, whether it's your, your family, your colleagues, your friends, to be able to tap into other perspectives, I feel like is really important because we get trapped in our own mind, as we know. Yeah, it, it's very valuable. And mm-hmm. I can uh, definitely say that anytime I've had to, you know, do that and look at it from different perspectives and gain different perspectives, it's helped me get out of my own head. And the story that is in my own head, uh, and I'm sure this is the same for a lot of people, is always much worse than the reality. So being able to have support groups in your community, within your family, within your company, is really important. And, and it's been very valuable for me in, in my success in my career, and also just to help stop that spinning brain that yeah. happens, yeah. that sometimes never shuts off. Right. Well, and, and everyone says coming through it, they say, weirdly, it's a relief to know that everyone's going through something, everyone's trying to navigate something or some things. I'm not alone. I'm not ill-equipped. I'm not, you know, losing my mind. So it, it, that the power of, of the group to help someone gain perspective is huge. Yeah, thank you for saying that because that I think is a very important concept for people who may be uncomfortable talking about their own stress or the fact that they, they're recognizing now after listening that maybe they are in that burnout state. Um, and just to understand that you aren't alone. There's many other people within our community or within the world who are going through similar situations. And we need to be uh, a support for each other uh, as humans. It's, it's nice when we can support each other uh, and, and understand and show some empathy and some compassion. Katie, do you have any other tips that you would share specifically for our facility professional mm. friends out there? Yes. Um, about, you know, just managing the stress and avoiding the burnout and the things that, you know, you understand the, the work we do from yeah. the work that you and I have done together, but what, yeah. what would you say to them? Well, so if you humor me, I wanted to sort of walk through a bit of a framework um, that might be helpful here because, again, when, when we're in stressful circumstances, especially chronic ones or ongoing ones, again, we lose that perspective, we lose the ability to sort of separate things or or look at things objectively mm-hmm. we just as good little soldiers we show up and we just work harder or we work longer um <laughs> and we turn to whatever <laughs> crutch we need to make it through the day yes i see you i see Ooh. me indeed um and so i thought this framing might be helpful because someone could could just sort of use this as a bit of a way to check in with themselves mm-hmm. so it's a it's a bit of a um a compilation of a, a few different models. Um, I am I love models, um, and at, at the root, many of them say the same thing, but with just different language. So I've sort of done a little bit of a compilation. 
And so I, it's called source, story, strategy. And so maybe you and I can sort of play with this a bit and you can share an example or examples from your, your own um, experience to, see, to make this sort of come alive for people. So when we're talking about a, a model of stress and coping, there's sort of three levels we could, could potentially be working at. One, two, or three of them. So source is as it sounds. What is the source of the stressors? So what event or events, what circumstances, people, phenomenon, you know, um, responsibilities, expectations, mm -hmm. right? Um, there's a, often a source um, and or sources that people can point to, to say that is a big part of what's causing or adding to uh, my experience of stress right now. Um, the next level down from that, if you will, and I, I'm gesturing in the air here, <laughs> um, is what I call story, right? And that is our incredible ability to make stuff up, right? It's how we function. It's our circuitry. We, we are meaning-making machines. So when I say story, I don't mean like the fiction, fable kind. I mean how we make sense of the world and what is going on. <laughs> There's a lot of research to show that at a really basic level, when, I mean, we're constantly scanning our environment, but when things happen, like a, like a stressor of some kind, that our brains very quickly ascertain or appraise whether it's a threat, threat to us or whether it's an opportunity. And then we react accordingly, right? And this happens at a subconscious level, so this is tricky. Um, but that story, so to be aware to quickly tap into the story we have about something, incredibly powerful as a tool, right? Um, and then the final piece of that little model is strategy, so our coping strategies. Mm -hmm. So that's a different level, if you will, a different lever that we have to play with when it comes to managing stress for ourselves. And that is, you know, we have all kinds of strategies. We can... Um, you know, there's self-care in the world is, is now considered sort of a, a particular strategy, like getting rest, getting, getting fresh air, getting exercise, right? Those are great strategies. Um, you know, developing better conflict management skills, if you will. Um, going on vacation, um, developing better practices around certain things. So strategies um, is a different lever that we have to work with. Mm -hmm. So those three levers, when we are experiencing hard, challenged times, stressful times, we can start to maybe break it out and say, okay, do I want to look at the sources, my story about those sources, or my strategies around those sources? Which level do I want to work mm -hmm. at? Sometimes we need to do all three. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to start somewhere and to say, okay, well, what can I do with that source of stress? Can I remove it? Can I reduce it? Can I negotiate something? Can I change it? Right, what can I do with that bucket? Mm -hmm. um, there's always things we can do, right? And, and again, sometimes we, if we're in a hyper-stressed mood, we forget that we can influence mm -hmm. the sources of our stress, stress and pressure, right? Um, if we wanna work at that story place, this is where coaching comes in really handy, is we start to look at our patterned or habituated ways of thinking about things and people, right? And so um, 
if we have a tendency to react with anger at a certain trigger, a certain source mm -hmm. of, of pressure, we can say, well, well, what is it that I'm telling myself about that? Can I change that? Can I say something more neutral? Can I make up a different story? Can I um, play around with the stories that I'm, you know, you know, putting in, allowing my brain to sort of riff on? Mm -hmm. um, and like you said, the we're really good at making our stories very dramatic. And so if there's stressful things happening to us, we can over-index on the threat side because that's our circuitry. So whether it's literally a car coming at you um, or a social threat, like someone snubbing you in the hallway or someone not responding to your urgent Slack message, it's the same circuitry. We have the same threat reaction, right? But if we can override that and catch ourselves, we can say, oh, no, I'm making that up. I don't know that for sure. I gotta check it out. I'm gonna test that theory out. I'm gonna, you know. Uh, catch myself in my stories, right? And we can make pretty elaborate stories up. Oh, and then it just feeds the, the, the stressful feelings and reactions. <clears throat> so that's another lever and a place that we can, you know, that, that people can, can get some help on. And then the strategies, as we know, that's pretty popular these days. We talk mm -hmm. a lot about you know, how to take care of yourself. But, but I have a, a beef around that because I feel like... Um, the best strategy is, is to, <laughs> to not have a life that you need to escape from in order to survive. <laughs> that, <laughs> right? that sounds good. Yeah. 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 So it's not just about white knuckling through like that. I don't think that that's a good strategy. I mean, on occasion. Huh. Okay. I am now, okay. <laughs> re you know, evaluating mm. my entire life. Yeah. 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 So yeah, as, as a framework, I thought that might stick, right? Yeah. Source, story, strategy. And that the entry point to, to that sort of reflection and, and having a look at how you're doing, you could come in at any of those levels and say, how's that working for me? Okay. Right. And, and to have a coach, a friend, a colleague yeah. reflect back to you to say, oh, that's interesting. You're speaking as if you can't do anything about that source. You know, and, and I recall, and I mean, I've had so many examples in my own long, stressful career life that all it took was for a colleague to say, wow, you're talking as if nothing can be done. And yet I see a possibility right here. Why don't you consider this, right? Yeah. And in my case, in that example, I went from being a full-time person to a part-time person for a period of time mm -hmm. to manage what was going on in my life. And so that's, talk that's working at the source, mm -hmm. right? You're changing the source of your stressor. Yeah, and yeah. as you were talking through this, I was going through it in my own head. And, you know, one of my sources of stress uh, in the workplace yeah. is that there's not enough time for me to get things done that I want to get done. Right. And my strategy often has been to, you know, come into the office at six in the morning and work until six yeah. um, and, yeah. and just try to power through white knuckle, as you said, mm -hmm. and, and just try and work harder. If I work harder, I'll, I'll be, I'll yeah. get it all done. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of late, uh, I've discovered that that's not actually the case. Mm. Uh, you know, certainly there's days where you have to work late, you have to put in some extra time, but chronically just throwing time at, 
and and white knuckles at the situation doesn't actually get you anywhere. It actually leads to that story you were just referencing becoming even more dramatic because you're even more stressed and you're even more tired. And then all of a sudden the story isn't, I just don't have enough time to get things done. It's I'm not meeting expectations. I'm a failure. I'm a horrible human being. It just goes out of control because our brains are very dramatic. Yep. And so you went, your pattern there is to go inward and, and because you have a high level of responsibility mm-hmm. um, and self, you know, you're very self-driven. Um, and so you blame yourself. You're like, oh, I couldn't get it done. Or it's, mm-hmm. what's wrong with me that I can't, you know, and, and it's sort of a pointing um, your, the laser at you and other folks might do it, have a different strategy or a different pattern around that. They might lash out. Yes. They might say, well, my boss, what a horrible human being. Look what they're making me do. Or these inept team members of mine, mm-hmm. they're not pulling their weight, right? Like the, our patterned way of thinking then just becomes this flywheel and keeps our cortisol and our adrenaline in this hyper state, right? It's this really fascinating flywheel. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that is really intriguing. And, and I can see how different people would respond differently. Right. How does journaling these experiences help individuals? Is that a, something that you recommend? Uh, I know a lot of people mm. do, you know, are, are avid journalers. But I'm talking about the times, the moments when you find yourself in that, that's, that source of stress and you, you can feel that you're going to be reacting poorly um, and you're just, uh, you just don't know what to do. Taking five, ten minutes to, to write some things down, some notes, uh, how does that help mm. a person? Mm. It- yeah, I know a lot of people really, really get a lot out of that as a as an exercise, and then a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not 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 so much into that. And really, what you're doing there is you are you are letting your reaction cycle out. Mm-hmm. So there's this um, great sort of new area of research around our emotions, right? And and again, it's it's complicated, right? It's it's thoughts and emotions together, creating that flywheel. Um, but there's there's a lot more understanding now that emotions and our reactions to things we need to cycle through and cycle out. So emotions are energy in motion. And again, in the modern workplace, it's not like we have one thing a day, one stressor a day mm-hmm. that we need. If, if that were true, we would let it cycle through, and we'd be done with it. Mm-hmm. No, but today, in today's workplace, we, we just have multiple triggers, mm-hmm. multiple, um, you know, circumstances that, that have us have a, having a strong reaction, and we don't cycle through. We just go on to the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. So, chronically, if that's our experience, and we don't, we're, we're unable to complete a cycle, an emotional reaction to something, Right, we need, that's our strategy then, is we need to find ways to let it complete. And by that, I mean, so, so journaling might be a way for pe- some people. They might, it just forces them to slow down mm-hmm. and let the energy move through them and let it finish, right? Other people g- just need to walk. They just need mm-hmm. to move, right? Or drink some cold water um, or talk to a friend, have a good laugh. Um, and it, the sign of sort of, of progress or mastery there is that it doesn't, it shouldn't take you very long, right? So, because in the workplace with each other, we don't have, 
you know, yeah. Can you imagine saying, okay, folks, I just need half an hour. Stay here. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll be back. (laughs) Right? We don't often have that luxury. Yeah, it doesn't always work like that. Yeah. So the idea is that we want to get faster and faster, like at accelerating, like creating some space, whatever you need to do to do that, and then being able to let it cycle out. Right. And that's, we're getting a little bit more into more advanced strategies and tools here, but maybe that's interesting to people. They want to read, read more about that or yeah. find out more about that. But yeah, so the, 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 whatever you do, whatever suits you, um, is it's more important that you have a practice or a way that you let the energy cycle through versus specifically what you're doing. Yeah. Cause I know that a lot of people will say, no, I'm not gonna, you know, journaling's not for me. So. Well, and I think you really, um, hit the nail on the head, um, because a lot of in, you know, as at the start of the episode, I mentioned how everybody's an individual and, and processes things in different ways. And we all have, as facility professionals, that's a very big umbrella term for people yeah. who have a lot yeah. of different types of responsibilities and types of stress uh, and any number of tasks flying at us throughout the day. So I think what's really important and what the, the key takeaway for, for me and what I hope our listeners are taking away is, you know, that self-reflection, that self-observation that's required for you to understand how you're responding and what is your source, your story, and your strategy that's going to work for you as an individual. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to just, you know, say, everyone just do this and you'll all be no. wonderful. It's not a red blue, pill, blue pill kind of situation. Right. Yeah. Uh, but what I'd like to to do is have everyone, uh, hopefully they've had these takeaways, and, and start investing some time in themselves, uh, giving yourself a little bit of me time in the workday to reflect uh, reflect on the moments where you find yourself in stress, uh, and hopefully you'll you'll get better at mm-hmm. managing that uh, and avoiding that burnout. Yeah, yep, yeah. That, and that's what our goal, right? Is to again, as adults and professionals uh, walking the planet here, we're always going to have stressful things. We're, we're going to have our own response to, to those mm-hmm. things. There's going to be times when there's a lot, times when there's less. So, like we're going to always have to navigate that if we're going to live in the world with each other and make things happen. Um, but, but there's, yeah, your, your, um, reference to catch it before it gets really bad. Catch, catch it before you're then dealing with some pretty serious medical, Mm -hmm. um, implications of, of that prolonged stress. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, Katie, thank you so much for this very insightful and invigorating conversation. Uh, I also want to thank our listeners. I hope uh, that each of you found some helpful takeaways from the episode. And we realize that we all have stress every day and we can all learn how to better manage our stress and avoid burnout from experts like Katie, from resources such as books and podcasts, courses, mental health professionals, and even from our own facility management community. And also doing some of that work we discussed about looking within ourselves to discover our own harmony and good mental health. If you have any questions or comments for Facility Chat, please feel free to reach out to us at info at ifmabc.org and we'll be sure to get right back to you. Thank you all for listening and stay well.